Mastermind.fm is proudly sponsored by LiquidWeb. While LiquidWeb has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options, it's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support, LiquidWeb is the partner you've been waiting for. Now with Visual Compare, at first in the managed WordPress space, automatically updates your plugins. Each night we take a snapshot and visually compare the difference between each plugin. If there's no visual difference, we update the plugin for you. If there is a visual difference, we hold off updating that plugin and wait for your direction. Every LiquidWeb managed WordPress customer also has iTheme Sync integrated into their management portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. And if you sign up today using the discount code MASTERMIND33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com forward slash managed WordPress to get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mastermind.fm. This is Jean Galea from WP Mayer and with me today I have Andrew Gardiner from Property Moves. Propertymoves.co.uk is a property crowdfunding platform. It's the first one of its kind in Europe and it's a great way for people to invest in property without actually buying directly. It's a great platform for diversifying as we learn in our chat with Andrew and I use it personally and highly recommend it. So without further ado, here's Andrew Gardiner from propertymoves.co.uk. So hi Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Um, thanks for taking some time out to explain what Property Moves is and the services that you offer. So to start off, for those who aren't familiar with the property crowdfunding space, if you could just give a quick description of what this means and what Property Moves offers. Of course, so um, property crowdfunding um, is a fairly new um, construct of the crowdfunding space. It's uh, it's where people can come along and they can invest in individual properties or individual loans um, and they can invest with small amounts. So Property Moose has a minimum investment of £10. You pick a specific property that you want to invest in and every month you get a rental return and at the end of a fixed term, so normally uh, two to five years, depending on the property, we will sell the property and you'll get whatever the capital growth is. So it, it mirrors um, buy-to-let or property investment. But on a small scale. So Property Moves also offers different types of investment, correct? Like you have buy-to-let, you have the loans as well that you introduced quite recently. Could you dive into that and give us uh, just a brief intro on, on what each each product is and if it's useful for one investor versus another or whether it's just a case of diversification? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we've introduced a number of products now. Um, so we've been going... Um, Four years, May 2013, we founded, um, and since then we've we've got a lot of data. So we've got 25,000 members in um, over 40 countries, I think it is now. Um, and over that time, we've spoke to a lot of the members. We've listened to what they want, what they want to achieve out of their investments. Um, and off the back of that, we've created products around it. So the first product we launched was the Buy to Let, which is a standard um, product, as I've described. Um, the next product we launched was a loan note. Um, so this is very similar to peer-to-peer -peer lending for any of you listeners that, that understand peer-to-peer. -peer. Um, and it's really simple. So the investor will come along, they'll pick which property they um, want to um, support, and they'll make a loan to the company. And that will be secured um, usually by first charge in 90% of the um, occurrences. 
sometimes by second charge. Uh, second charge lending is obviously a bit more risky and that carries a higher interest rate. Um, but typically we aim to pay between 8 and 10% to investors per annum um, on the loans. Um, just to, also, for those who aren't, sorry, just for those who are not familiar with first charge and second charge, could you explain that? Yeah, so first, so in, in, in the UK, um, when you make loans to properties, ordinarily it's secured um, by a charge. Um, so if you get a mortgage with a bank, that will be by way of first charge. And the first and second basically relates to how, how it's ranked. So a first charge holder has, um, has primary interest over the property. So if you were to default, the first charge holder would have control and get their money back first. If there's any excess, then the second charge holder would get their money back and then the owner would get their money back. So it's it's pure ranking point. Mm -hmm. I think it's, um, it, it's probably important for people to understand that in some detail. We've got quite a good um, piece of content on our blog, uh, which people can visit on the main page of the site. Um, and that explains it all. So we've got some serious lenders, some ex-bankers that work with us. Um, okay. And those guys have helped to produce some quite quite good content because it's quite a misunderstood area. And you have platforms in the market that are paying maybe 12%, 13% for property loans. And consumers will look at that and just see the headline rate. But it's really important that people drill down and have a look at the risk profile. What sort of loan-to-value is it? What, what is it first or second charge? Um, because it's all well and good getting 13% per annum. Um, but sooner or later, those loans will default because of the quality. Um, so it just depends on people's risk appetite. Okay, that's a very good, important uh, point. As I've seen also other dedicated platforms like Savingstream, which are purposely, they just provide the ability to invest in loans for property. And so I think this point that you made is good for people who want to compare the different platforms, including the property moves loan feature. All right, so we were talking about the other types of investments that that you offer. I think there there are some more that you offer. Yeah, so we've got um, so we've got buy to let, we've got loans. We do um, buy to sell. So those properties are if if they don't really work as a buy to let, or if we've secured them at a significant discount, um, we will buy them, renovate them, and sell them on the open market. As an example, the one that we've had quite a lot of success with, we bought an apartment in, in Newcastle. Uh, we bought it for 100 and, I think it was 110,000 and we sold it for 146,000. Um, and it's it, in the UK, it, you have to wait six months with most lenders before you can sell it. Um, so the person buying it had to wait six months, but that, that will deliver a, roughly a 10% return over six months, so 20% per annum. So that was quite popular. Of course, the risks there are how long it will take to sell, how popular it will be. Um, so people need to, to understand that. Um, we also do private equity um, syndications. So these are, these are designed for more sophisticated investors, people that can understand and assess the risk. And they are us investing alongside other private equity houses, so large firms that are investing in big deals. So, for example, one deal that we've helped fund was a, a tower block that was being built in London. Um, the deal actually didn't go ahead in the end and everybody um, got the money back um, because the, 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 we couldn't purchase it. Um, the price changed, um, but those returns are very high. But of course, the risk profile is a lot higher as well. So generally, I think if people 
Um, think along the lines of the higher the return, the higher the risk. Um, but it's about managing that risk and you've got to look at platform um, history, how long they've been around, how much they've raised, the people behind it, that sort of thing. Right, very interesting. So if someone joins Property Moves as a, as a beginning investor, are there any particular products that one should be specifically looking to over others? Um, no, no, not at all. So um, obviously we, we don't give advice. We're not an advisory platform. Um, it's for people to make their own decisions. Um, and, it, and it is purely down to personal choice. Some people may want a fixed income, so they might like the loans and like the idea that they know what they're going to get. Um, some people might want buy to let because they either want to get on the property ladder or want to invest in property, but they can't. And it just completely depends. Personally, in my portfolio, I've, I invest in, I invest in most, most of them, if not all of them, in a small amount. And I go and I invest more in the ones that, um, I get excited about. Um, so yeah, it's just complete personal preference really. Right. And is it typical for like people to just focus on one specific aspect like buy to let versus just diversifying across everything? Um, because we have so many members, it's quite hard to say. Um, I think the more, the more sophisticated investors and the larger investors, they typically invest in across the board and they invest in everything. We have some people that have, I'll, well, I'll give you an example. We had one uh, member that had been a member since March 2014, and then we launched our first loan note in July, I think, or June uh, 2016. Hadn't invested up to that point, um, and as soon as we launched the loan note, he invested, and he hasn't invested in anything other than loan notes. So he was only interested in loans, um, and it was it was only the point when we created that product that he came to the table as an investor as opposed to a member. Okay, so people have a certain strategy they want to follow and they're just using the platform to amplify their strategy, basically. Correct. All right. And so for people who are not really familiar with the crowdfunding space and might be a bit apprehensive about this kind of investing in a platform like yours, what would you say to like the element of risk of or lack of risk, or maybe it's better to use your platform rather than just buy one or two pieces of property in one specific location. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously all investments are risky. So unless you leave your money in the bank um, and even a bank, I mean, we've seen banks go bust. So wherever you put your money, unless it's under your bed and you have a big dog protecting it, then it's going to be risky. <laughs> I think, the important thing to, to consider is, do you believe in property as an asset class? History has shown in the UK that even in the worst recessions, the property markets only fell around 20%, 22% at best. Um, and it's only people that have bought at the height and sold at the bottom of the market that have lost money. If you're willing to hold and to, and to ride out those storms, history has shown that you won't lose money because um, the market has always gone up. So uh, I think people coming to property crowdfunding, specifically property crowdfunding actually, um, rather than others trying to make a quick book and trying to turn the money quickly, I don't think that I don't think it's the right thing to do. If you want if if you want to go into the loan notes, that's a way to get fixed returns quickly because um, there might be a six month term, it might be a twelve month term. But property itself should be seen as a medium to long term investment. Um, and, and as long as you go into it with that mindset, 
I think it's a fairly safe asset class itself. And then it comes down to the platforms, the property. Um, do, you, do you trust the, um, the people behind the platform? Um, have they been valued? If so, is, can you get a copy of the valuation? And um, that type of thing. I see you making an emphasis on people educating themselves and knowing what they're getting into. So I think that's a very positive aspect from the platform itself, educating people as you do in your blog and asking people to really go and read themselves and know what they're doing, basically. So that's another plus for you. Is there any time period you talk about medium to long term in terms of years? Is it like something like two two years plus for that you would recommend? Yeah, I mean, our, our investments typically last three years at the moment. Um, before there's an exit point. Of course, we have a secondary market, so people can trade in and out at any time. Um, I think what you'll find soon um, is that we're w working on a new a new offering, um, which we've taken all of the learnings that we've had in the last four years, um, and we're putting that uh, to use, and we're trying to, to develop a, a way of investing that we believe is, is a lot safer for investors, um, it's easier for investors, and it's a lot um, less risky with less volatility. Um, and that would typically look at a five-year hold period with the ability to get out whenever you want. Um, but obviously, you might not see the full benefits. Um, when we looked at the model portfolio that we, we are working on, so if, if you can create simulated returns based on the data that's in the property market. And that simulated portfolio delivered 51.4% return over five years. Um, so significant returns. But of course, there will, will have been points in that cycle that if you needed to sell, you may not have got back all of your money. You may not have got back um, all of your returns. Um, it just depends on, on when, you need, when you need to sell, really. But it's the same as direct property ownership. I mean, everybody, everybody that's lived in an area where people own property understand or should understand that there are risks involved in property it's just about time so i think you mentioned that uh, you have clients from 40 plus countries is that correct um to be honest i i can't remember now um i stopped counting after about 15 um, but <laughs> it is significant yes all right so anyway what what i wanted to say was that it's uh, for me being not being in the uk and not closely following the market directly one of the advantages of using property moves is the like local expertise that I get and the opportunity to invest, which would otherwise have been way too cumbersome for me to actually operate in the UK market. So I, I believe that's the attraction as well for non-UK investors. Yeah, it's also the attraction for UK investors. I mean, only, only last night um, I was working late and I received an email from a, um, a guy that I've been talking to for three years i haven't seen him for two and a half years and he's put together a private syndicate so three of his friends and um, they have um, a significant amount of money to invest um, and they are in the process of finding their own properties and they've turned around and, and realized that it's very difficult so they've they've emailed me saying look we've got this money we want to do this can you structure a private crowd in effect um, and can you find us some properties so, of course, we can help. Um, so it's even people in our own country that, that struggle to find good deals because the market is the market. You only know, you can only have access to the people that you know. Um, and most of the good property deals are, are acquired um, off market. So, so not on the portals, not on the platforms. 
Um, and that's where we get most of our stuff from. Mm, interesting. So you also offer this as a product, this private crowd kind of thing, or is it just a one-off? Um, no, we've done it a few times. Um, so I think it's, if anybody's interested, then they should get in touch. Um, it's not something that we really market. Um, but yeah, we're, we, we're always happy to help when, when people need help. What would be the advantage of people going for that kind of structure versus just buying properties directly from the platform itself? Um, well, they get more control. So these guys have got maybe, um, well, hundreds of thousands of pounds, put it that way. Um, so they, they, they could just buy it themselves direct. Um, in the UK, there's a lot of tax changes coming, which means that direct property ownership is now uh, not very attractive. Um, so our structure helps with that because it's in a corporate. Um, so that's a benefit for them. Um, and I guess they, they, they will control the portfolio. They can choose when to sell. They can choose how to rent it, what maintenance to do. They're not subjected to the, to the wider crowd. Um, because everybody in our model, everybody gets a vote. So the, the investment decisions, the day-to-day -day control sits with the investors. So we have an online voting system. If, if a tenant comes along, um, and we we feel that they're suitable, it will go to the investors as a vote, and people get to vote yes or no. If they vote, if seventy five percent vote yes, then then it's passed. Um, and then there's certain rules around that to make sure that um, everybody's vote counts. So you basically have to vote. If you don't vote, you vote yes, which means that there's no lock ins. People don't get tied in and things. So it's quite a neat way to give people control and to let them feel and own the property. Right. And speaking of capital, I've had a lot of conversations here and this comes up a lot. So since you offer an initial entry point of £10, it's kind of people make the connotation that it's only for people who have low low capitals to invest. People who are just starting out, people have just have a thousand or £2,000 to invest and not for people with significant uh, amounts of capital to invest. Is this true or is it a misconception? Um it's a misconception. I mean, the biggest investor we've got is 532,000 in one investment. Um, in one investment? In one investment. Yesterday, somebody invested 130,000 in one investment. As I said just then, um, the, a chap that's just emailed with the private crowd, that's half a million in one investment with three people. So we have some very large uh, investors that trust us. Um, we also have some people that put ten pound in. The whole the whole premise and the whole the whole reason I built property moves was really to to do away with this concept that only rich people, only people with access to finance or cash or that know people in the property market can get access to these types of deals. Um, I just didn't think that was that was right. Um, so in our model, it doesn't matter if you put ten pounds or half a million pounds in. Um, you get the same terms. Now, of course, there may be special offers that we run for larger investors. So if they put a larger amount in because of the reduced work that it takes to deal with that, we might be able to reduce the fee. But the actual ownership structure, everything else, the rights that are granted to people over the property, they're exactly the same. So everybody's treated the same. Right. Okay. And so, like I said, the advantage of people from outside of the UK is... Uh that you have the local knowledge and actually you invest in uh, very diverse areas in the UK as well. And could you just give us an overview of like what's happening in the UK? Because some people also talk about 
London being in a bubble, for example. So just to explain what types of investing you're, you're seeing on your platform and how you choose the area and the type of property you, you go for. Yeah, of course. So again, it, it all comes down to our, our members. So we, we talk to our members a lot. We listen to what they want. Historically, they've wanted high yielding properties. So properties that pay a high rental income. Um, and there's certain places in the UK that you can achieve that. For example, the Northeast, uh, the Northwest to a certain extent. Um, and then as you come down towards the South, the yields get um, reduced, but the potential for capital growth generally increases. Um, so typically we've invested in the north. We've um, there's a, we've got st still some more secured up there, and we will continue to invest up there. Um, but the the idea now is that we'll start to gradually um, look at new locations, um, so we can actually offer people a fully diversified portfolio. Because if you just invest in one area, obviously you're subject to to that uh, geographic cool market. Um, UK in general, and and your point about London. There are certain parts of London which, which I agree, they're definitely in a in a bubble. Will it crash? I mean, some places have crashed. It might not be public, but in the private market they have crashed, um, and they tend to be the high end, super prime, ten, fifteen, twenty million pound properties that just can't be bought by normal people. Um, there are areas in London which are still and um, very much performing well. Um, little pockets outside of zones one and two typically um, and they are very good places to invest again quite expensive um, less expensive the further out you go but I mean some of them are delivering 10-15% per annum capital returns um, so it, it is still there are still areas you just have to have the knowledge and, and the ability to go into those areas. Do you typically see people investing in a particular location or is it let's say better for the general public to just uh, invest in diverse locations just to cover their risk um, my view is it's better to invest in diverse locations um, typically if you look at all the data around the psychology behind um, property investment um, there's a lot of there's a lot of focus on the area where you live so to, uh, and of course that, that there's a number of reasons for that this this type of investing this digital investing in property is is fairly nascent I mean, we, as I say, we launched in, um, well, we went live in March 14. We launched in May 13. Um, so it's not long for people to get their head around the concept. Historically, if you wanted to buy a property and invest in a property, you might have to manage it yourself. You'd have to go and view it. You'd have to go and uh, transact and you'd have to know the area. And um, so that's why people are focused on their own local um, local areas, I guess. Um, so it's only, it, I think that people will, over time, the idea of diversification will become more apparent and more important um, because the market is the market's different in different areas and you can achieve different things from different areas. Um, but the simple thing to do would be to mirror the property market as a whole. So then when the when you know that the UK has gone up seven percent per annum, um, if you've if your portfolio mirrors or closely mirrors the UK, then you should hit that as well. Do you have plans to expand outside the UK? just to keep diversifying or do you want to keep your local expertise um i mean every week we get an offer um to um white label or launch in a different country and it is on the list um but as you can imagine the list is long <laughs> and for every day um so we're going to focus on 
um, getting the business right here, um, making sure um, everybody's happy, all the investors are happy, and we we've got it to a scale that, that we're happy with as a as a as a management team, and then we'll start to look abroad. Um, so we have we have some partnership arrangements already in place in some quite big countries and large markets. Um, I won't say um, too much now. Um, so it is definitely on the roadmap, um, but it it won't be this year for sure. Um, one of the questions I get from local investors, by local I mean Spanish because I'm investing from outside the UK, is how should they approach the currency situation as currency fluctuates up and down. Right now the pound is a bit lower than the, the euro compared to historical rates. Do you have any approach that you would recommend in terms of like maybe um, spacing out investments or just monitoring the currencies? Yeah, um, I mean, it, right now it's I, I think the, the pound is very cheap. So if you can, if you have money and you want to invest in in sterling, then then I, well, personally I would, of course. Again, we're not allowed to give advice, um, but it, I, I guess it's down to personal preference sensible sensible things I've heard people do is if they believe that the currency is at an all-time low they move a large amount across and then they use that to invest smaller amounts in deals out of their e-wallet um, we have people that do as, as you've suggested which and they invest monthly um, they don't they don't really look at the currency they just take the view that the currency market is the market and as long as they continue to invest they'll just take it they'll eventually have an average rate um, so again, it's a, it's a very difficult one to answer that. I think as well, there are, there are, um, there are certain opportunities that, that we may employ in the next six to 12 months, which, which will allow dual currency. So you could invest in euros, you could invest in dollars. Um, and as platforms become more inter internationalized, I think that will become more important. Yep. That's very interesting. And so right now, is it open to anyone around the world or is it just Europe? Uh, anyone around the world, we don't take investment from America, unfortunately, um, because of the regulation. Uh, but again, that's probably going to change next year. Um, and there are certain, obviously, certain sanctioned countries that we can't deal with. Um, but typically, any 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 everyday country that, that um, you can think of, we would be able to accept, except America. Another question I get is, obviously, you provide a lot of information about each property and that enables an investor to clearly assess the potential risks and returns. So you do a great job at that. However, on the other side, people have uh, just a few pounds to invest in each property or maybe they're trying to diversify really widely. They don't see the the return on investment in terms of time spent on reading these this information before investing how would you recommend uh, they go about this this because it's a bit of a hard question to answer <laughs> it is thank you um the uh, the way we the way we see people invest is quite different and it depends on the personality of the investor some people some people obviously read all of the information. They download everything that we give them. They probably go away and do their own research, and then they choose to invest. And then they invest an amount that they're happy to risk. Um, whether that's ten pounds, whether that's half a million pounds, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter um, for them. It's about the, the psychology that, that they are making an investment. Because to some people, of course, ten pound might be a lot of money, um, and people might see that differently. Um, I think we can't 
we can't answer the time spent point um, and the returns are going to be, it is property, they're not going to be uh, 10, 15, 20% per annum. Um, they may be with capital growth, 10% if you invest in certain areas, um, but typically they'll be lower. So that's why you have to have a longer term view. So making that investment decision to go into a, a property, um, if you sell in six months time, obviously the time you've spent um, to deal with that transaction is far greater in proportion to if you if you hold that property for 10 years, as an example. Um, so it all I, I I believe it all plays into the medium, the medium to long term vision um, of property investment. Uh, in terms of uh, property moves itself, does it invest in all these properties and does it manage the projects it, uh, themselves, or is it just third parties who are putting their projects on the platform? No, so we have an investment team in house, um, and we've just expanded it actually with two new hires, which is great. Um, and they typically source the property, they identify it. Um, we have a, a lending facility internally, so we'll go and acquire the property um, and then we'll list it on the platform for funding. Um, we use third parties for all evaluations. Um, we will typically inspect it ourselves internally. Um, sometimes we use third party um, RIC surveyors, um, but everything's third party validated. We operate under FCA regulation, so every every property that you see on the platform is what's called a financial promotion, um, and that has to go through our compliance team, and they ver they go through verification, so they verify every fact that we say. That's why you can see um, links and um, data within the site, um, because everything that we say, if we say the property market's projected to go up 7%, we have to provide a, a, a third-party source that validates that statement um, and that's obviously quite a big piece of work um, so yeah so we, we keep it internally we've, lo we've looked at the model where people can submit properties but at the moment it's just it's a bit a bit unworkable because it's difficult to manage you don't know much about the property you don't have much control yeah. um, so we believe that keeping the control in-house is safer for investors very good so things are quite well regulated it's not some wild west scheme that's going on here it's uh something quite regulated and providing some safety for investors. It is extremely regulated, yeah. And am I correct in saying that it's just residential property that you offer, not commercial? Uh, yes, we do have some mixed commercial, so um, shops and then flats above. Um, on the site at the moment, um, depending on when your listeners are hearing this, um, there's, a, there's an opportunity in Bristol, which is actually a loan, um, but that's, that's a mixed-use property, as an example. So there's a shop um, at the bottom, which is it's a long-term lease to a bike shop, um, and then we are we are converting and, and developing the residential units above. Um, that's quite an exciting. That's our first project in Bristol, and Bristol at the moment is, um, we believe, the market to get into. I mean, it's grown every year for the past few years. It's been growing at 10% per annum. Um, it's very difficult to buy stock there because everybody else is trying to buy stock there. So we're really pleased that we managed to secure that unit. So for people who want to buy before the two, three year term is up, you have a secondary market. Could you explain how that works? And while you're at it, can you explain the fee structure of property moves, both for the secondary market and for properties in general? Yeah, of course. Um, so the secondary market works um, as a marketplace. So if you 
have some shares and you want to sell before the fixed term, you can list your shares for sale on the market. Um, other people can see those shares listed and the price that you pick. So you set the price and they may choose to buy um, or they may not choose to buy. Um, so it's a very simple marketplace. It's not really an exchange. It's not a bid-ask system. Um, it's purely a, a marketplace. Um, our fees for primary transactions, so um, first investments, are uh, we charge 5% of the amount raised, and that's charged to the SPV, but obviously it's taken off the investment amount. Um, and that's when, when we list a property, if it's £100,000, that includes all of our fees within that, so there's not fees on top of what you what you invest. Um, we take a deduction of the rent, um, which is a standard rental management charge, um, which is 10% of the rent plus VAT, um, and that's used to pay the local agents that go and visit the properties and also cover the internal management charge. Um, and then if there's any capital growth at the end, we share in that with our investors, um, and we take 15% of the net capital growth, so um, after all costs. And we the reason we put that in place was to um, early on give people comfort that we were selecting properties that we thought were were going to be a good investment um, and we were going to the effort of, of finding these properties. Um, of course, market conditions might affect some of the properties, um, but if we're aligned with our investors and sharing the upside, um, then it typically means, well, it should mean that we, we are all working for the same goal and again, it will be less risky for people. Um, secondary market fees are, um, it's a buyer fee. Uh, and they pay uh, 2% um, of the transaction um, when they buy. So it's quite simple. Very well. And of course, all these inf all these rates and information are clearly presented on the website for anyone who's interested. You can have, there's nothing hidden. Everything is presented on the Property Moves website, which is actually one of my, it's the favorite website of all the platforms I use for things being very clearly presented and even the articles themselves are very well written for beginners and advanced investors alike. So that's very good. Uh, just to conclude, is there anything that we, we've missed that you would like to share with our audience? Um, I don't think so. No, I think we've, um, we've covered all the bases. Are you excited about anything else in the FinTech space about from, apart from property crowdfunding? Um, I mean, there's lots of, fintech's an amazing space at the moment, and the idea that people are disrupting the banks and 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 nipping at their heels, um, I, I personally find ex extremely exciting. Um, certain platforms out there that are quasi-banking platforms um, that take all of the data and, and they can sort of robo-advise you on what you spend, where you spend, how you can improve your spending habits. Um, that, for me, is is something that's really exciting because, well, unfortunately, uh, the majority of people perhaps don't have the, the um, experience or the sophistication to to understand the importance of, of saving or, or putting money aside or where to put the money. And making that investment decision, actually transacting, is really difficult. And there's lots of data which shows that that people find it difficult to to physically decide. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pick that investment, and I'm going to transact, and that leads to people leaving the money in cash. Now we, we're doing a lot of research at the moment, and in the UK we have what's called an ISA, so an individual savings account, 
um, which is a tax wrapper. So if you if you invest your savings in an ISA, it's tax free the returns. And there's two types of stocks and shares, which is an investment ISA, and there's a cash ISA. Cash ISAs are exactly as I say, it's just cash. So you put cash into a bank, wrap it in an ISA, and they'll give you an interest rate. From looking this week, the highest interest rate is seven point uh, 1.75 percent. Yet inflation at the moment is about 3.2 percent. So every every day people are losing money, and there's about um, I can't remember the number, but it was about 250 billion pounds that's sat in cash ices at the moment in the UK. So there's millions of people in this country that are losing money to inflation, and they don't know it, they don't realise it, and it's only when we use technology and education together that people can can learn that there are other options and it's easy um, technology will make it easy um, and, and that that to me is really exciting very good point Sandro I think that's a very big consideration for people who are just there I think they're quite uh, this is something that's come from the past now I don't know about the UK but in my country people have been traditionally putting their money in the banks and getting good returns but in the past few years this hasn't been the case and as you quite rightly mentioned people are losing money to inflation so having these platforms around uh, is a great great thing for us because we can now start to re-educate ourselves and invest in uh, things like property and also have alternative banking systems in place so that's a good thing that's happening in the fintech space for people who want to learn more are you going to be present at any conferences or where should people reach out to you? Yeah, so you can you can reach out on our website, so propertymoose.co.uk um, or you there's a chat function on there, there's a telephone number. Um, the team's always always happy to speak to anybody. Um, and yeah, there's no conferences planned at the moment, but I think you, we are planning an event for uh, late September, early October. Um, so if anybody wants to be added to the list for that event, um, then just get in touch um, and we can we can put your, your name down. Excellent. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us in this episode about property crowdfunding. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, for listening in on this podcast. I hope you found that interesting. It's, I think, our first podcast that was specifically focused on property crowdfunding. So if you like this topic, please reach out to us and let us know and we'll give you some more information and maybe other recordings on this topic. I believe it's a highly beneficial thing for WordPress entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general to diversify their investments, invest the money you make from your businesses into other ventures such as real estate, stocks and other platforms that we've spoken about in previous episodes. Obviously, we are not licensed to give financial advice, so read about all these topics that we discuss yourself and decide intelligently whether you should be investing or not. And that's it. If you like the episode, as usual, you can reach out to us on podcast at mastermind.fm, leave a review on iTunes, we highly appreciate that, or connect with us on Twitter at Jean Galea or at James Laws, and obviously at mastermind.fm on Twitter as well. So that's it. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.